0: good father we thank you that you do speak to us in your word and we ask that you would open up our eyes to see good news once again that you would show us your son and that you give us life according to your spirit and it's in your name we pray amen so the other week the the check engine light came in, came on in our van. And so I do what any normal sane person does. I just ignored it. (laughs) And eventually our van started shaking as you drive it. And so once you get kind of the, once the rumbling uh, gets enough of a rumble, you start to think that, okay, something might be wrong. So I take it to AutoZone where they have uh, these little computers that plug into the computer of your card, it tells you what's wrong and it came back that one of the cylinders was misfiring and so in in our van uh, there are six of these cylinders with pistons inside uh, that you have gasoline you have sparks you have movement and this is what when they are all working together in harmony they drive the engine forward and, and that's what they are meant to do. They fire at certain times in certain order in order to make this car run in the way that it, it should. And so when, when all six of these pistons are going in harmony, it's smooth, it's powerful, it's fast. At least as fast as a beat up old minivan goes. But when these start to go out, you know that you are in, in trouble. So, so one out means it's shaking. Three out means that you're on the side of the road. Six out means you no longer have a car. You just have a big piece of metal in your driveway, maybe on blocks. In our time with the Psalms, what I hope that we have been seeing is that there are certain rhythms to our relationship with God, that the Psalms are these prayers, these ancient prayers that are given to us even here and now that are guiding us by the hand saying, this is what a life of faith looks like. And we have been highlighting six rhythms in particular that in many ways function like these pistons. They are all meant to be firing well in the life of a believer, So you have worship that is a genuine expression of love for who God is. There is gratitude that is looking at what God has done and saying thank you. There is grief that is looking at a broken world and lamenting what is wrong. There is returning this practice of coming back again and again and again when we have wandered away. There are pleas for help that is looking outside of us and saying, We need help. And finally, there is trust a sense of we don't have all of the answers at the end of the day, and we simply have to trust in someone else who knows better and does better and is better. And when all of these are working together in harmony, we begin to experience the life that. We are made for, but so many of our lives are a lot like our minivan that's starting to shake where these cylinders are not all operating together. And, and my hope is during this time that we're not only guided on this life of faith, but also that we're able to look and examine what's going on under the hood of our lives to see what is or what is not there. This morning, we're on the the fifth of these rhythms, and that is this rhythm of pleading for help. If you were to sit down this afternoon and read through all the Psalms, you would see again and again prayers a lot like this. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and to my God, I cried for help. Hear the voice of my pleas for mercy when I cry to you for help. Hear, O Lord, and be merciful to me. O Lord, be my helper. Hurry to help me, O Lord of my salvation. Rise up and come to our help. Redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. Help me, Lord my God. Save me according to your great love. And that's just a small sampling of what we see. Now, I want you to think about those prayers being scattered and and being filling up the Psalms. What do those prayers teach you and teach us about the normal Christian life and what we are to expect? They teach us that the normal Christian life is not one in which we look around and say everything is well. Everything is as it should be. We have everything that we need. And when we think about it, there's nothing that we can really ask for because life is just the way we want it. The Psalms teach us that there is a significant gap between how life ought to be and we want it to be and the reality of our own experience. And what fills that gap is prayers for help looking outside of us. And so here's where I want to go this morning. I want to look at their prayer for help here in psalm 20 i want to look at our prayer for help and here i'm going to do something different i'm going to provide some ways that we can specifically be praying for god's work in our midst and so this will function somewhat as just some updates on where we are as a church and where what our hopes are for the summer and the fall but we're going to take some time and see what are our prayers here and then Finally going to close with considering the the hope that that undergirds and fuels all of these prayers. So first, their prayer for help. What's happening in here and what they are praying for behind this prayer is a picture. The picture is that in the distance, there are hostile forces. There are powers that are lining up against God's people, threatening the well-being, the hope, the life. And the king is going out leading an army to meet them in battle. And so this is this is a prayer that would have been said on behalf of a king who is going out and fighting for the good of the people, leading his army, and as the king goes out, there is this prayer that is prayed on his behalf. Verses one through five. May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. It, it's a day of trouble. There's forces out against us. May the name of the Lord of Jacob protect you. May He send you help from the sanctuary. May He give you support from Zion. May He remember all your offerings in regard with favor your burnt sacrifices. May He grant you your heart's desire and fulfill all your plans. And may we shout for joy over your salvation and in the name of our God, raise up our banners. It's a simple prayer that says to the outgoing king, help him. But it's so much more of that because underneath that prayer, Help him is a prayer that says, Help us. Because you have to remember that the king goes out as a representative of the people, as does the army go out fighting on behalf of the people. So if he and his army win, the people win. If he and the army are safe, the people are safe. If he and the army lose, the people lose. If they are destroyed, The people are left with no hope. And so the prayer in verse 9 that says save the king is also a prayer that says save us. So I want you to see this is a high stakes prayer. We need help. And there's an urgency in help us. I want you to consider these words from one of the reflections. It talks about prayer and it says this life is is war. That's not all it is, but it is always that. Our weakness in prayer is owing largely to our neglect of this truth. And this pastor goes, goes on to, to present what I think is in many ways a helpful image of how a prayer can and should be used and, and how it gets misused. And it's the difference between an intercom in your house and a wartime walkie-talkie. And so one of these pictures is an intercom in your house. You're in the basement. uh, You're uncomfortable. You want another pillow. Your cold drink has run out. And so you press the button. You shout to whoever's upstairs. And you say, can you bring me one of those big pillows? Um, Not the thin one, but the big fluffy kind. And my drink's all out. I want a new one. And uh, can you bring me some food while you're at it? There is another picture of prayer that sees it as a walkie talkie in the midst of wartime where there's fire going on and you find yourself in a place of great danger there is a mission that you and your companions are on it is a high stakes environment and you are calling on this for help for the sake of a greater mission And what we see in this psalm is what I think is a beautiful picture of that latter version of a people saying we need help. We desperately need help. It's not just requests for whims, but it's saying there is a much bigger story going on and we need you to come. We need you to come through. When when resurrection was started a little over 10 years ago, it was started out of this sense of mission. Not just because we wanted a more convenient place to meet, because the places we were meeting weren't convenient. We've been in elementary school cafeterias. We've sat in little kid chairs. We've heard the buzzing of an ice cream machine in the background. We've, many of you remember that. We've, we've been there. The reason this, this family started was because we believed that by starting a new church, we could reach people in a new area with the gospel. We believe that there is a mission greater than just the smaller stories of our own lives that we could be a part of. But as the years go by, it's so easy to lose that sense of of urgency. And so I want to I want to share with you some very specific ways in which I'm going to ask you and the leaders are going to ask you to be praying over these next 10 weeks for the life of our church would love for you to be praying individually. We'd love for you to be praying with your friends. would love for you to be praying with your spouse, with your children. I hope that we'll have a time where even as a whole church we can come together and simply pray. But just, it's asking God, what does it look like for us to move forward? And so I want you to get out this green card And on the front of this is going to highlight four specific ways that I am asking you to be intentionally and regularly praying for the life of our church. The top two have to do with kind of more of of where we are and where we're going. The bigger overarching story of this summer and this fall. And the bottom two have to do with some very specific needs that we just need to God to come through with. So this past year, past year and a half, has been filled with changes of direction. I feel like I've said the word pivot more times than I would like. There's just been all sorts of unexpected challenges and opportunities. But when I think about our church during this season, we have not been a church that's been on hold. There hasn't been this sense of, okay, life stops, and once this thing called COVID goes away and we return to, quote, normal, then we hit the unpause button and we go back. God's been doing some incredible things through even our online church, through very small groups, through yard churches, through different opportunities to connect and serve. Every step of the way, God's been leading, providing, caring, protecting, helping, supporting And there's so much more than just returning back to normal. I don't want that to be our prayer of just God, take us back to where we were. Um, The prayer is more moving forward. And so here's the two things I want us to focus on. Summer, this theme of back to community and fall, this theme of forward on mission. So here's, I want you to think about two things. I want you to think about what happens on Sunday morning, and I want you to think about what happens during the week. So even on a morning like this, things are not back to normal. Uh, the mask mandate for Clark County was just lifted only a few weeks ago. This might be our third time meeting together since that. There's still chairs that are distanced. There's still no uh, coffee that is out there. Uh, our liturgy is still not uh, fully where it is. How we do music is different. Uh, how we take communion uh, is still changed. I don't think I've heard from anyone of how much they love these little <laughs> cups with these wafers saying, hey, where can I get more of these? <laughs> <I> want... <laughs> where do they sell these in bulk? Because I like them. Um, my, my prayer and my hope is, is come the beginning of August and, and when students begin to arrive that we would be able to look around and it would feel normal. I, ha- I felt a little bit of that sense of normalcy when people began greeting one another. I would love for us to be able to come in, you to, you to be greeted, and for there to be coffee out there. For us to come in and feel like it's a full room, even on a morning like this, half of our folks still aren't here. And so there's a sense in which even our regular rhythms of showing up on Sunday mornings um, are off. Um, I realize this is this is a season of transition and and it doesn't happen like this just going back. But I'd ask you just to pray that that as we see this summer on a Sunday morning, that there would be continued movement. Towards these, towards these rhythms that we feel like have been really good for our church family together. Um, The the second is just life during the week. Um, There's going to be pop up picnics that I encourage you to sign up for. These are ways in which we can begin connecting with one another. Uh, We had our first men's event. Uh, We had a grill out at Bed's house. It was awesome. Uh, We're going to have a men's service day in June. The women are coming up with some of their own events. And so there's, you're going to see these popping up as things that we haven't done in over a year and a half. Um, and I encourage you to, to step out and be a part of these. Uh, bigger vision is going to start full capacity. I imagine we'll be able to go inside and begin serving once again. Lydia's place. There's going to be opportunities to serve as we, we begin to move back into these rhythms that we haven't been able to do beforehand. So that's, kind of, that's, that's some of what I would ask you just, just to pray for, that there would be this intention of God help us to, to move back to community. And then that my hope would be even come August that there would be this sense of there is momentum and somewhat of a propulsion into the fall. August in a, in a university town is a big season of transition. There are new faces coming in. There are other faces going out. Undergrads, graduate students, professors, people just even moving in with the school system. Some of these new faces will, will already be on their own journey of faith. Others are just checking out churches because they're curious about Jesus and the gospel. I would love for us to catch our breath in October and look around and be amazed at at what God is doing in our midst and in people's lives. This fall is going to be a women's retreat. We're going to have a men's camping event. The men's retreat is going to be in in the spring. Uh, Very small groups. We're trying to figure out very small groups, community groups, what that looks like, but those are going to continue on this fall, and there's going to be new opportunities to love and serve our neighbor. And so the picture in my mind that, that I want us to be praying for is a sense of we are emerging out of a fog of COVID. There's an emergence, a resettling, a regathering, and then there is a movement forward on the mission that God has called us to. That's the big picture. There's two specific things I want to ask your help for. And the first is a staffing Opportunity. So before COVID happened, Carly, our music director, had already expressed interest in transitioning out. And during COVID, she graciously stayed around to help us support us with music. When we started back meeting in person was when we began uh, having different individuals from this church body help on somewhat of a rotation in leading Uh, I want to highlight a special group. Um, Jessica Breeden, John David, thank you for helping this morning. Eleanor Shaw, Elliot Shaw, Andrew Betts, Paige Betts, Ben Crawford, who's not here, Tricia Adams, and Sean Adams. We We are blessed with some crazy good musicians. And they have gone over and above the call of duty to help lead us. And so I'd encourage you just to say thank you in your own way, because they have been a huge support and help, and they carry the lion's share of leading on a Sunday morning. But as I've talked to them, as I've talked to other leaders, as I've talked to other individuals in the church, it's, it is becoming more clear that it's time for us as a church to move forward uh, with another part-time music director. Three quick reasons. Number one, the current path we're on is simply not sustainable. They are giving a lot of help, uh, but that is a lot to ask of them. Between schedules, travel, work responsibilities, it makes it difficult. Second, our resources are being spread, in my opinion, much too thin. If you came on Good Friday or especially on Easter Sunday, you got to see a more fuller worship experience. Most of the times if you come on a Sunday morning, you'll see one, two, maybe three, but most of the time just one or two people up here. Some of you will ask why that is, and it's because we're trying to just spread everybody out so that we can fill in the different weeks. I want to see everybody up here playing together, singing together, and I think it'll be awesome. Right now we just can't do that. And so we have to be very strategic about scheduling and who we put where, and it leaves something to be wanted. And the third is a bigger picture of we just want to move forward with our worship. The individuals leading us have done a great job, but there is we want to explore new music. Uh, we want both to celebrate what is traditional, uh, but we also want to explore what's new. We want to add a liveliness even um, to our worship, and so that that takes an individual being able to help move that forward. Okay, so where are we going with this? What I'm asking you to do, I'm asking you to pray. We are forming a, a small search committee. So Nathan Chapman, Paige Betts, and Ashley Johnson. Right there, you're right in front of me are going to form are forming a small search committee that are going to be identifying who will be the next person who will be leading us. I will say up front, this is a very, very difficult position to fill, which is one of the reasons I'm taking this time to say, will you please pray for this? Worship is also a significant part of church life and a Sunday morning experience. And we have great hopes for the kind of worship that we can have on a Sunday morning. So I'm asking you, pray. Worship can also be divisive. There's a lot of preferences. Some like this, some like this. I'm asking you to pray. If you have input, things you would like to share. You don't have to share it with me. (laughs) I have a newly formed committee (laughs) that would love to hear your input but I have not met with my new committee. I meet with them this week. And so maybe you could hold off your thoughts for just a few days and I'll be giving you more opportunity there, but, but just pray. I'm personally excited about it, but I also come into it with a sense of fear and trepidation of, um, yeah, I've cast my nets for this position in different ways over the past two years. And I haven't even caught minnows. So, um, praying that God would bring a big fish. Okay, that's our staffing opportunity. Y'all are being so patient. Uh, Second thing I want you to be specifically praying about is what I'm going to call a building problem. (laughs) I first want to give a special thanks to our building committee. Um, So, Amy Swingle, thank you. Matt Torrance, somewhere off. He's helping out with the nursery. Thank you, Matt. Diana Beckett's at home caring for Troy, who, has, who is recovering from neck surgery. Uh, Reese Walker and Meg Griffiths, who's not here, Meg Griffiths, who's been chairing. Uh, I'm so impressed with this committee. They've been a joy to work with. They're doing such a great job. They put in a lot more hours and energy than any of us realize. Um, and they've done fantastic work. I'm so grateful for them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Here's our situation. Uh, Imagine that you are looking to build your first home. Uh, You have land that's been given to you. And so you say, this shouldn't be that difficult. I've got land. I just want to build a house. You've crunched the numbers. You look at your budget. You've been uh, saving on certain things. And you say, I think we can afford a down payment and a mortgage for a $250,000 house. And this will be awesome do the plans, you work with the builder, and then through circumstances outside of your control, which we'll call COVID, <laughs> <laughs> means that this house now costs between $500,000 and $600,000. Um, that's a big price difference. That's a different down payment. That's a different um, mortgage. So you come back to, to your bank account, you, you talk with uh, your spouse maybe, and say, hey, good news, we could actually afford like a $300,000 house, um, which is great. Uh, a year and a half ago, that would have been fantastic. Right now, that still won't get you um, what you need. So we have land, uh, we have been saving money. We have a good amount saved up and we haven't even done a capital campaign yet. Many of you have given generously to this fund. Thank you. Um, We're we're not taking your money and going to do something hidden with it. It's staying here for the express purpose of getting us into a new home. We've been on a tight budget. I think we've been faithful to save, uh, to not have crazy expenses. We have great plans. Um, But the reality is building costs and labor costs have gone through the roof. Um, And so if you talk to anyone who's trying to remodel or build anything, it's just bananas right now. Um, So what that means right now is our building committee is is going back and continuing to work with the company that we've been working for. And that's as far as we are. So they're continuing these conversations. So this is not an announcement that, hey, I've got a plan B or that we know what we're doing. It's more just we pray. Pray for them. Pray for these discussions. Pray that God specifically would give our building committee wisdom and direction as they look at our options and as they explore possibilities. Um, I don't know what it will look like. They don't know. But I want us to be praying intentionally about it. Um, And I think that's something that will bring us together even, of this sense of anticipation. God, would you do something unexpected? We don't have the resources by ourselves to make this happen. It could be a wait and see. It could be an unexpected windfall of lots of money. I don't know. But just ask that you be praying for them individually, together, as a group. God is doing some very good things. So here's what I want you to do. We're going to print out more of these every week. But I want you to take this home and put it on your mirror, put it in your Bible, put it somewhere. We're asking you really to pray through these things. Even if this is your first time at resurrection, you're never gonna come back.
1: <laughs>
0: Pray for us. I wish I could take questions, but I'm gonna I gotta have a sermon to finish. So be be praying. God's on the move, doing some very good things. I'm excited, I'm hopeful. Um, And I think the best place for us to be is in a posture of humble dependence with open hands saying, God, we we hope and expect great things, but we need you. Okay, so that's their prayer. That's our prayer. And I'm going to land the plane briefly with this. What's the hope that energizes and sustains all these prayers? Going back to Psalm 20. If you were going out to battle, there was a very easy way to figure out who would win. The person with the most soldiers, the most horses, the most chariots, the best weapons. That is who is going to win the day. And so at this time, horses and chariots were a lot like tanks. If you saw a lot of them on the other side, it was going to be a long day for you. If you saw a lot of them on your side, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. But God is clear. That's not how his kingdom works. That's not what we bank on. Verse 7, some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. That's the life of faith. It's it's looking at our own resources and saying, I cannot trust fully in these, but I trust in the God behind them. So the king in this psalm would come and go, whatever victory they may have given would have been short lived. But here's when you look at the big story of scripture, we see that. One day in the future, God would send another king, another anointed one who has the spirit of God upon him, bringing a better kingdom. In his own words, in Jesus' own words in the Gospel of Luke, he said, The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor, sent me to proclaim freedom to prisoners, recovery of sight to the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus is this king that goes out and fights the battles that we cannot fight on our own, that we cannot win on our own. But his victory comes through his own humiliating and excruciating defeat. That in the cross and in the resurrection is where we, as these people who did not fight, look at it and say, he has done for us what we could not do for ourselves. Our victory is assured, not because of our strength, not because of our goodness, not because of our perfection, but because of his alone. And it is this kingdom that is spreading. It is this gospel that is taking root and bearing fruit in our world. And it's this mission that we are called to. And so, as we look through this prayer guide, as we think about what lies ahead, we want to remember these words. I'll end with them Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Let's pray. God, I'm thankful that we just don't have to have all the answers. I'm thankful that you don't look at us and say, why haven't you figured this out? And and why don't you have your act together? And uh, why aren't you stronger? And you you look at us and you love when we look to you as children and say father would you help us you love us being dependent upon you you love it when we bring all of our needs and even our sins and weaknesses to you god may we be a people together as a family that just have this posture of of leaning into you of depending upon you and we pray you do great and unexpected things in our midst would you protect us from the evil and would your kingdom come in our midst? Would you bless us abundantly for the sake of a greater story and a greater kingdom? And it's in your name we pray. Amen.